On today's episode of the Lee Cannon and Bowles podcast, brought to you by Westview Express Loop, located at 1035 Westview Park Drive, Pittsburgh, PA, 15229, hours of operation, Tuesdays through Fridays, 9 to 6, and Saturdays, 9 to 3. So, had a lot of things going over the weekend. Some say the best weekend, sports weekend on the NFL calendar, the divisional round, as we start to uh, narrow this thing down just a tad. Got to start in the AFC. Man, Chiefs, Texans. um, I'm really sitting here at a loss for words right now. It was just the start of a bad weekend for Houston fans. And we'll allude to that later. But, yeah, man. You're up 24 nothing and you blow it. You get blown out. Lose by 20. That's got to be up there with, like, when they blew it against the Bills back in the 90s. Obviously, it was a different franchise, same city. It's almost like they're cursed. Catastrophic collapse, by all means necessary. But you knew the way they got up, the Tyreek Hill muff, easy, easy touchdown, then... They get the other block punt, walked in, Lonnie Johnson. You just looked at it. You still looked at the clock. You knew the Chiefs were never really out of it. But it it, it, it was funny, though, because I'm like, 24 nothing, okay. But the way they drop passes, I'd never seen a first quarter like that. But then you go with the whole Andy Reid thing, and we know the playoff history, where, like, bizarre things tend to happen for them. And then... That fourth down call and things start going. Shit got sad. Shit went sideways for the Texans. Was real quick. Real quick. After you decide to go for it on fourth and four, everyone's killing O'Brien for that. That's obvious. But the fact that you even thought about going for it on your side of the field was crazy to me in itself and made you wonder, like, yo, man. What the hell were you thinking in that moment? I don't knock him for kicking the field goal when you thought he should have been aggressive inside the 15. Because clearly with the Chiefs, you you needed all the points you could get. But damn, dog. What were you thinking, man? I don't know. The lack of adjustments that, like, they had no answers. Once the Chiefs stopped dropping the ball, there was no answers to be had. I just, oh man, on so many different levels, you got to look at it. and They were thoroughly outclassed. Thoroughly. Plain and simple. I mean, if you erase that 24-0 lead, they got outscored 51-7. Passed the sticks two times. Two times. Going on three. Oh my goodness. You just knew, man, and everything changed. Lonnie Johnson went out of that game. And then Kelsey started getting off. And then once he starts going, it's over. It was over, man. Like they exploited that matchup over and over and over again. And that's was that was clearly one of the keys for the Chiefs and how they just started beating the water out of them dudes. To me, I still couldn't even believe the Texans beat the Bills. See, obviously it happened, but I never trusted them. I didn't trust either of those teams. Now, Bill O'Brien, he's won a division four out of six years. 
So it's, I mean, you could fire this dude. Are you going to get anyone better? That's the thing where I'm going to, but damn, I feel like you, you deserve better for D. Watson, though. Yeah, they need a, to really like remake that offensive line. I know that they went out and got uh, Tunsil, but that's not enough. You need to get more. For sure, like you, you got a guy who definitely has the talent to be a franchise quarterback for a long, long time. So you want to try and keep him upright, and the amount that he has to run around to try and make plays is just—it's—it's it's sad. It doesn't even remind me of like when Ben had to deal with it. It seems even worse. Like Golden, like it's funny, but that was going to be my next point. But the Chiefs, I feel, were Golden State esque. Obviously not now, but when you had Splash Brothers, Draymond, and if you want to throw in KD or even pre-KD. But that game you never thought was going to be out of reach for them. And it was so early, and everybody around me where I was watching the game was even hitting my phone. Yo, man, this is crazy. And I'm like, the Chiefs cannot continue to play this bad. And even the passes Mahomes missed, because his numbers look funny until you start lighting their asses up. They were drops, <laughs> like wide open drops. Like it weren't even like Texans defenders were in the area or in the vicinity other than Lonnie Johnson, who was he was definitely having his way early on with Kelsey. Everybody else was getting cooked. Then you had Tyreek Hill who was struggling. Couldn't really seem to get open. He got walloped. He got cracked. Oof. By Reed, and then he had the muff punt. He just was not having a good day. Kelsey needed to play that way, and he definitely stepped up big time. Three touchdowns, 10 catches, 134 yards. That's the kind of production you need. And then their running game is still, like I've said, it's the one concern that I have. Well, it's Andy Reid, though. If we know anything about Andy Reid, this is the history of Andy Reid. He's not been the greatest runner of the football with his offense and the way he chooses to call games. It's always been an issue even dating back to Philadelphia, but it's Andy Reid. He's a Hall of Famer. Even without the Super Bowl, I understand much will be made. That'll be a storyline of Andy Reid. Can he get him there? Is this finally the this year? This might be his year. You know what I mean? We're going to hear that. We're also going to hear definitely believe it's going to be a different game. I will say this, though. If Chris Jones does not play, just my early thoughts and assessment of that AFC Championship game, shit could get real critical. Derrick Henry's going to be smashing him. Woo. That dude's a monster. And how about Ryan Tannehill, who, you know, I ain't knocking him by any means necessary when I say this. He about to finesse the hell out of Titans, and he about to get a contract Extension, probably anywhere. I'm going to say mid-20s. Just I, And I'm just throwing numbers out of my ass right now. But I, I would guess somewhere in that neighborhood. And he's out here winning playoff games off 14 attempts. Throwing for under 100. About to collect over 20 M's. I'm not mad at you at all. Maybe, maybe we all done fucked up in life. And we need to take a page out of Tannehill's book. Be, be below sub, be average. Or subpar or below average. You know, and then finally thrive in a situation that if anybody told me at the beginning of the year, Ryan Tannehill would be talking about getting an extension with the Texans as we're sitting here today in 2020, I would like, what? How? The fact that he would be, he would unseat Mariota and Tennessee would be a game away from the Super Bowl. 
Just think about that. Just think about like. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> this not, just sounds stupid. It just sounds like a stupid thing to say. And but I think also these last two games they've just been exposing teams who whose weakness is stopping the run. New England's not really that great at it all year long, or at least towards the back half of the year. And Baltimore, that's kind of been their, their undoing all year as teams running against them. So um, I think we might see them pass a little bit more against Kansas City. I don't think that the Tannehill we've seen the last two games is the Tannehill that they wanted him to be. I just think that's what the game plan. You have a dude who you're Yeah, but to take the keys from him in the way they did was like, wow. You know, wouldn't you? You got a real-life monster running the damn ball. But we're just looking ahead a little bit. But back to the Chiefs and what we've seen out the Texans and Mahomes, that was an all-time legendary. That was a great game. Oh, man. And you just wonder if D4 didn't jump off sides last year for the Chiefs, would we be talking about the Chiefs going back-to-back? In the same position they are last year, about to host a home AFC championship game. Like I picked via social media, I had Chiefs over Packers. I'm still alive, and I'm still leaning that way. I said Ravens 49ers. I could still get the uh, uh, NFC, but I still actually think it's a very good chance I get the NFC. It's going to be a tough game. We'll talk about that later, but moving on to the – Titans and the Ravens, man. I mean, not really much more to be said about the Titans. Obviously, Derrick Henry's the all you gotta say. Go look at the stat line. You get what you need to see. For the Ravens, though, how in the hell did you have Lamar Jackson out here throwing almost sixty times? I think what we've seen with the Ravens, like that game, if we look at it symbolized everything the Ravens' offense was all year. Lamar made some oohs and ah plays, right? Had his typical 300-yard, 250, 300-yard passing game, over 100 yards rushing, incredible. Over 500 total yards. Yeah, like I'm not downplaying any of that and what he's done all year long in any way. At the same time, scored 12 points. I read something where the Ravens ended up inside of Tennessee's 40-yard line nine times yesterday and came away with 12 points. I'm going to say it again. Now, I'm not one who's going to sit here and act as if that was a indictment long-term for Lamar. It's definitely a concern, but there's a lot of people who were – Clearly ready to jump all over Lamar at the first chance they got. And oddly enough, it happened in the biggest game of the year like it did to him last year. But I I do believe last year, rookie, I don't think they really took the training wheels off of him in that playoff game. To be fair to him, and he struggled within what was called. And, I mean, let's face it, he just turned 23. So... Everyone loses playoff games. This is going to happen. But if anybody believes that he's still not looking like the best quarterback out of that class, and if you're asking me, I'm putting the most money and stock in, I'm still going with Lamar Jackson. I still believe he's the unanimous MVP, too. 
but it hurt. No, no Mark Ingram. And let's be honest here. We've always known the Ravens to have an incredible run defense. This might have been the worst run defense I've seen in their franchise history. Think about it. Think about the Ray Lewis years and, and, and the, the they're, early years. They're and missing C.J. Mosley in the middle for right. sure. And Pittsburgh and Baltimore, you can argue, were one and two defenses of the 2000 to 2010 decade. As far as if you look at numbers and sacks, I mean, and statistically. Three Super Bowls and six years between the two teams. Steelers won 06. 08. 09. Well, 05, yeah. 08. Ravens won 2012. So in seven years, three Super Bowls. That's proof of dominant defense. Obviously, well, that I mean, was Ray Lewis's last year. And they, and and they won Reed in 2000. They still had a good defense, and they won in 2000 before Ed Reed was even there. And that's so. one of the greatest defenses we've ever seen. If you, yeah, go look at the numbers. But everything played out. Like, we've talked about earlier in the year, if you get the Ravens offense behind and you get them off script, what can happen double-digit lead? That's the low-hanging fruit. But the real story to me is the lack of weapons you have at receiver, honestly. Like, someone that's able to go make a contested catch – Someone that, shall we say, is not just a little speed dude that yeah. you're trying to hit deep play action. I would say Marquise Brown's fun to watch, but come on. He's know, been dinged he's up five, all he's year. Five foot eight, five foot nine. He's not going to be out physicaling anybody. And with the kind of play that you are relying on with him, you need a player who can be physical and go up there and win those 50-50 balls. That's not going to be him. So I agree. Receivers should be like the number one thing they address this offseason. I'm also pissed because my Marcus Peters theory of the Marcus Peters effect. And your team won't it's over. They killed it. Fourteen and two had to buy. This will go down as one of the it gotta be a soul crushing loss for them. Because I don't know if you're at it's safe to say I can't see them going fourteen and two next year. Baltimore. Like, this was the prime, prime year for them to make a run and get this thing done. 14-2 and two off the bat. You're going home after the first game. Baltimore has all their offensive starters under contract next year. Yeah, they're fine. I'm, long term. They're good on that side. They're of the good, and they, they're about 50 million or 45 to 50 million under the cap. So, so you, you got some money to play with. You got to address receiver. For sure, whether it be through draft or free agency. I would honestly, this is one of the best receiver drafts that we're ever going to see, so I would just grab a receiver in the draft. And then you would, I would address that defense on, in free agency to see what you can Especially get. Especially that front seven. Yeah, you got to be able to stop the run. Their secondary is too legit to quit. Because you've got Nick Chubb, who led the NFL in rushing in your division. You've got the Steelers, who have... A bunch of different running backs, but they definitely rely on running the ball. You've got Cincinnati, who has Joe Mixon, one of the best young running backs. You you've got a, you play six games a year against and, teams that run the ball a lot. So you and, need in to a rugged division up. that's always been about running the football and playing tough defense. You Hate to go old cliche cannon on y'all, but that's basically the AFC North in a nutshell. Get punched in the face, I'm going to punch you back. You knock my teeth out, I'm knocking yours out. What's up? Yep. So, 
I mean, Baltimore, listen, we get it. We've been there. We know the pain. But you definitely got to tighten up on the yeah, They got to tighten up because Tennessee's offensive line, it was they place hands and feet. All fist of cuffs. And speaking of fist of cuffs, hands and feet, Pat, UFC 246 this Saturday, McGregor making the return against Cowboy Cerrone. What are your thoughts and stylistically, what do you expect from this fight? Well, I expect it to be a stand-up fight for sure. I, I can't anticipate... McGregor's going to want to go to the ground with Cerrone. And McGregor does have good takedown defense. So, he has that going for him. But, I don't want to call this a, a, a walkthrough. Because, Cowboy Cerrone is the winningest fighter in UFC history. He has the most knockouts, most knockdowns, most post-fight rewards. Um, so, I don't want to say that it's a walkthrough fight. It's a It's a... Show and prove kind of fight. If McGregor can go out here and handle business against someone who's been consistently on the doorstep, but it's never really made call it, it what it step. is. It's somewhat of a cupcake fight. I don't even want to call it that because Cerrone has lost two in a row, but they were to Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje, both who Ferguson's gonna be fighting for the lightweight title in two or three months, and Gaethje is. One of the guys who's going to be next to challenge for that title when whoever comes out of Ferguson and Khabib is ready. So, I don't want to call it a cupcake fight because he's definitely a tough guy. And he's fighting at a way better weight at 170 than he would be fighting at 155, which is both their quote-unquote natural fighting weight. So... It's like I said, it's a show and prove fight. You can beat Cowboy Cerrone, then yeah, maybe it's time for you to go fight a Justin Gaethje, or it's time for you to go fight a Dustin Poirier, something like that. You know, to the effect of yeah, okay, you're not just in this for the show. You are in here to compete because the last showing was just pathetic. You got to skip all these people online for this title fight because of who you are, and it was a piss poor showing. You got cracked in the face and dropped, which you claimed you were gonna do to him. For months and months and months leading up to the fight. And then you almost got your head squeezed off. Antagonized them in such a way, I understood the level of disrespect Religion, and the savage moves his country, Khabib was like, taking. Yeah, man. Khabib was ready to, to kill that guy. If they would have jumped in, he was squeezed until his head popped. And that's and I'm not even like saying that. No hyperbole. Yeah, no exaggeration. I mean, literally. like We would have seen him squeezed until his head became mush. So... It's time to show and prove, bro. Any other fights you're looking forward to on that card that you kind of got keeping an eye on there? Uh, you know, I'm going to be honest. This time of year, I've been so caught up in the NFL playoffs. I haven't really had too much time to even really get prepared for it. They take a little bit of time off at the end of the year until now. I believe this is the first event of the year. So I'll have to kind of look at it this week and see if maybe I want to make some bets or something and I know Anthony Pettis is fighting. I know Holly Holmes fighting. So there's a couple big names on there. Should be a good card all in all. Um, I don't know. We're just going to have to see, man. I'm excited. I'm going to look into it more. And next time we're on, I'll give a little bit of a review on it. But I'm definitely I'm excited. Even though I'm not his, the biggest fan of his, it's hard to deny the excitement that he brings to the sport. Uh, so 
It's always fun to watch Conor McGregor fight week. So, some big things broke today. In America's, what do they say, favorite pastime? The Astros, the penalty didn't came down. Cleaned house. Lost draft picks. $5 million fine. This shit is crazy. I mean, it's the heaviest penalty we've ever seen in professional sports. I know the Patriots had to pay a decent amount of money for Spygate. I think it was about a million dollars. It might have even been less. And this is all due to, I believe they said they had cameras in center field. This is uh, from ESPN. That went to telecommunications room, right? And they would go in there and, and see what the signs were. Via camera, that is believed to be the scandal. I don't have a, a writer's name. Question. This is, this is directly from ESPN. After MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred handed out his historic punishments to the Houston Astros for his determination on Monday that they had stolen signs using a camera-based system, players both active and retired from other teams chimed in with their thoughts about the suspensions and about cheating. The punishments handed down. A $5 million fine... Lost draft picks and 2020 suspensions for both general manager John Lunau and field manager A.J. Hinch, among other penalties, triggered harsh consequences. Um, but as of just not that long ago, Lunau and Hinch were both fired. So Got them about the paint. Yeah, it's tough to say. That's not great for them. I would imagine neither of them are going to be looking at a job for a while. Um, now, how do you feel if you're the Dodgers because the, both teams you lost to, have now have questionable things, and we've just seen the penalties levied down there in Houston, and there's some around the Boston Red Sox. And if they were doing something to this extent as well, on their way to a World Series win against who? The Dodgers. Like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, you caught those L's, and now, and, and now you got guys that are actually... Asking, and I believe it, bro, via Bleacher Report, I'm looking for it right now, particular players are asking for their stats to be erased from Carlos Correa and Altuve. This shit is crazy, man. And you know who another team that should be very upset about this is? The New York Yankees. Yankees were runners-up to the Astros in 2017. And I believe they were runners-up in the AL to the... If it wasn't the ALCS... No, I'm sorry. They beat the Dodgers or the Astros in the ALCS. They beat them in the, the Division Series. So the the Yankees have lost to these no cheaters both times as well as the Dodgers. Obviously, it hurts the Dodgers a little bit more because it was in the World Series. But, um, yeah, you got teams that are getting completely cheated by these ridiculous, ridiculous things like... Oh, man. I'm just kind of like, my mind's just kind of blown by it as I'm reading more into it. But, yeah, man. Um, historic punishment. It's kind of, uh, it's literally like a death penalty in college football. This is like the same thing. Like, they're getting crushed. Like, I understand that we're talking about billion-dollar organizations. Five million dollars is still a lot of money. So. Out of chicken. And speaking of chicken... NFC, 
Packers, Hawks, Marshawn, Russ, Rodgers, Devontae, and the crew. It was a game. Hell of a game. It looked to be a snoozer early. 21-3. Packers go up. Russell Wilson, once again, does what Russ does. Brings them back. Makes it a very tight game late down the stretch. Green Bay picks up a key first down, first down, excuse me, ends the game pretty much. But Aaron Rodgers, he gets to do his thing again. Back in the NFC Championship game quite some time, man. Is this finally the year? Or is he going to go back to the team? I'm sorry, he's going to go face the team that snubbed him. And much will be made about that. Not to to cut you off, but that'll be another (laughs) TV chop it up in four days, four or five segments discussing that as well. That's another angle that'll be played. Cannot wait. Call me Bart Scott. Can't wait. But back to the game. It's funny, but you look at the Packers and they're more reliant on the run game now. I feel like we're seeing a different phase begin in Aaron Rodgers' career where he's still great and can get you the necessary first downs and need him when you need him most, you can count on him. But I don't think he's the guy to carry the team anymore. He's not the best player in the league anymore. No. We know who that is. And we, we talked about him earlier in the podcast. That's 15 in Kansas City. But these years, I'll say, are looking somewhat uh, maybe Elway-esque. They're setting them up good. And the thing is, is they went and got a new head coach. They give Rodgers a little more creative control over the offense. They spend a ton of money building that defense. Which we all know has never been what the Packers have done, typically. And especially signing someone like uh, Zadarius Snub Smith. And Preston Smith. Preston Smith. And shout out to Preston Smith, who was like seen and never really heard from in Philly. Obviously found his groove. And Zadarius, who just blossomed. Jair Alexander's really come on stronger. My young dog. Obviously, you know I love Jair. Oh, that's your guy. That's my guy. And then they have their Mr. Consistent in the middle and Blake Martinez. So they have the perfect storm right now. I think think they got all the necessary ingredients. What's funny is they found a run game. They found a running back, which Mike McCarthy struggled to do. What's funny is they did exactly what the Steelers should have done, but never did. They built a good offense and then spent some money on the defense and made it competitive. And now they're a game away from the Super Bowl, in which I think they'll make it. Scorn lover over here. Yep. Man, it wasn't going to be for us this year. No, I know it wasn't. I'm just talking about 2015, 16, those years. All besides the point. I mean, he tried to, but you got one dude... Who thinks he made the other dude. The other dude thinks he made them. And then the other guy thinks he made both. So he just had a whole lot of, you know, hair there and over there. Was how good. Really starting to become one of those guys that you go start talking about in the elite receiver class. And you got DK Metcalf. Can Russ get an offensive line, please? 
in a run game. And I understand how wildly entertaining it is when Seattle decides to just throw out the playbook and let Russ be Russ, but it's also a detriment at times, too. And if I'm them, I'm getting Jadevi and Clowney up out the paint. Why? You wouldn't bring him back? Too much money, and I think that he's also the most penalized player in the NFL by a long, long shot. Like by a far amount, like ten some penalty, like ten plus penalties. Is that because Miles Garrett is suspended? <laughs> I didn't think anything of Miles Garrett until he went haywire. No, I, I actually I love Miles Garrett. Let me quit playing. <laughs> I do. I definitely, definitely love his game. But you definitely see that there's still holes in that Seattle defense for sure. Um, I mean, there was going to be holes anyway. Legion of Boom. No way you're replacing that. Because, quite honestly, you're not hitting. Think about that. They hit on three guys in the secondary that eventually were all pros at some point, multiple years in a row. From Bam Bam Chancellor, who I feel like gets forgotten about, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, and then you just rotated insert corner over here, whether it was Brandon Browner. Who else was over there on that side? I believe Brandon Flowers at one point. I can't even remember. Who was the dude? Could be wrong. I remember it was Browner. Browner was there. Browner, Maxwell, Brian Maxwell. Uh, Byron Maxwell got the big deal with uh, the Eagles. Ski man's way. Stunk. Stunk. System player for sure. I couldn't think of his name either. Then as soon as you said Maxwell, it came. 41 was his number. He was two kinds of cheeks. The more I kind of stew on it, I would bring Clowney back because they need pass rushers. But it all depends, like, how much money they're going to have to give that dude. Because that's... They need safety help. Yeah, and they need corner help, too. Shaquille Griffin's good, but they need somebody who's a little bit better to kind of be that number one dude. And shout out to his brother, Shaquille, getting a sack yesterday. That was pretty dope. That was definitely dope. Um, that was something to see. And they sacked them together. So I guess, I think they split the sack. Yeah. Shout out, right? Twins. That was pretty dope. Who I mean, that's who could have drew that one up? But Packers will be moving on to the NFC Championship game to face the San Francisco 49ers. What year is this, man? It's like 97. It's like a throwback, man. This is some crazy shit. I love games like this. Because there's certain matchups that, growing up as a kid, I used to thoroughly enjoy watching on Sundays. And even Saturdays if I wanted to touch on, like, Florida State, Miami. Just I feel like there's certain teams that play each other where the jerseys just mesh, man. Like, it's, it's, it's eye-fucking candy. Mm-hmm. Like, the Cowboys and the Steelers mixing it up. Or you got... Um, Oh, my goodness. Saints. I'll go Saints-Falcons. Nasty rivalry. You like that mix. Packers, 49, uh, Packers 49ers, Raiders-Cowboys, and so on and so forth. So it, it's going to be cool to see two, like I say, old money franchises. Yeah. You got a lot of championships between these two teams. History. Three Super Bowl, four Super Bowls for the Packers, five for the Niners. I don't know how many NFL championships they have, but that shit doesn't matter. Yeah, I was but not still, even a twinkle in my Super father's Bowls. sack then. I'm not looking at those numbers. Nine Super Bowls between these two teams. you got a lot of history. You've got... I'm trying really to think of... Dole, but... 
Right, but I'm trying to think of the storylines that are going to be all week we're going to consume and take in the Sunday. I'm trying to think of some more other than the Aaron Rodgers snub by San Francisco. We get that one. What's the other one that's going to take place here? I'm really trying to think of more subplots. There really aren't any. I think this is a game that we all knew was eventually going to happen, and honestly... We were supposed to be touching on the Niners and the Vikings, but that game was so boring that there really was no point to even touch on it, to be honest. No, I mean, we can. I mean, shall we say Kirk Cousins showed up? As expected. About the only person who did for the Vikings. Yeah, and not to discredit what he has done the last half of the year, but sorry, but Cinderella, clock struck midnight. That glass slipper. It was you knew at some point that was gonna rear its head. Yeah. You knew it. Everybody knew it. And it did. Yep. You see the ceiling. The ceiling is the roof for Kirk Cousins. And honestly, if you want to go look at the 49ers last ten games, last ten wins, and look at the box score, there you go. Because that's pretty much what it was again on Sunday or on Saturday. Same old from the Niners. Jimmy G was a game manager. They ran the ball efficiently, and their defense showed up. Bosa had two sacks. Quan Alexander's back. Dean Ford is back. So, moving back. Tart is back. Yeah. They, they, like I said, go look at the last ten wins that they had. You're going to see the exact same box score because that they get the job done the same way, and. I'm ready. I'm, like I said, we were talking about their next matchup. I'm just ready for that. I'm ready for the Packers and the Niners. I feel like I this is a tomorrow. game where you're going to have to see some vintage Aaron Rodgers in order for them to win. Meaning scrambling, doing what you got to do when things get off schedule. I think this is the game where you're going to have to, you know, let Aaron, Well, not even necessarily say let Aaron, but I think you're going to need vintage A-Rod in order for you to win this game. And you're going to need your defense to probably hold the Niners to under 20 points. I also like the matchup of the Packers receivers against their secondary. I'm excited to see Devontae Adams against Richard Sherman. That's going to be an interesting matchup. So I feel like you're going to see that. It's inevitable you're going to see that at some point. I'm excited to see you know who I think we might see. Even he, might, he just had his revenge game. I think we might see a little something out of him. Jimmy Graham. We're going to need to see old school Jimmy Graham. Sometimes I forget he's on the NFL roster. No disrespect. And then he just makes like, and then he'll just come out of nowhere and make a big play. Like yesterday, he had that big first down catch for them. And you're like, oh, that was Jimmy Graham. Right. I forgot that he's still in the league. <laughs> How about Mercedes Lewis? They have a group of tight ends where you're like, oh, what? 2020? Y'all still here? Yeah, it's like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> like, some wait, wait my. It's honestly one of those things that you sit back and you go, am I on acid or is this really happening right now? And, and Aaron funny. Jones is definitely going to have to <coughs> continue to have the season he's having in that game for them to win that game. He got to run for over a buck. But I'm still, and I told you, damn it, I'm sticking to the courage of my convictions. I picked Chiefs over Packers, and that's what I'm rocking with. Aaron Rodgers going to win in a stunner. It's, it's going to come down to Jimmy G and Aaron Rodgers, and I'm still always, I think today, tomorrow, 30 years from now, if you're giving, if you're telling me two names, I'm taking Jimmy. I'm, I said Jimmy. I'm taking Aaron <laughs> A. God Rodgers 
every <coughs> single time. And I don't blame you, but I don't know when it comes to that dude, Kermit Mahomes. I don't know if I want problems with that dude, because that's a bad man over there, as Stephen A. says about Aaron Rodgers, he needs to start saying about Pat Mahomes, too. Pat Mahomes is the real deal, man. And that is funny that you said Mercedes Lewis. I had to look it up. He's been in the league since 2006. Right. I seen him in the game, and they was like, he made a key block. I'm like, oh, Mercedes Lewis. What the hell is he doing out there? <laughs> they do just call him in and be like, man, we about to run these wham traps and counters, man. We need you out here. Get your old ass out here, bro. That's crazy. But no, man, uh, shout out to the Titans. Uh, it's not the AFC Championship game we wanted, but it might be the AFC Championship game we deserve. Could be a very interesting matchup. Titans defense is very is not being pretty much the big deal is is they even though Lamar got 500 total yards, they made the plays when it mattered, and that Titans defense has quietly made some nice plays. They made a couple interceptions against uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, they forced Tom Brady to be completely uncomfortable in the pocket. I don't think that's too hard nowadays, Sean. Yeah, but still. They they were able to get pressure, and that's the one thing that people still to this day struggle with because they still have a decent offensive line. But um, I think that they're I think they're going to be numbered this time. I think that the Chiefs are going to beat them, and I think we're going to see uh, Super Bowl you predicted. Chiefs-Packers. Now, what Super Bowl matchup do you believe the league leastly, least would like to see? Like if the whole – we're going – Because I texted you during that Houston-Texas. The league I was, wants I no parts. I was that the Texans were going to win. Oh, they want praying. no parts of that. That would have been great. That would have been great. If the, if the AFC Championship game was the Titans and the Texans. I saw someone on Twitter say, are they going to move that to Thursday night color rush? <laughs> Is this a Thursday? That's a Thursday night football game. The Titans and the Texans with color rush jerseys. That would have been great. That would have been almost... It would, they would have hated it more if Blake Bortles went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, can Bowl, we though. flex that to a 9 a.m. game? I, they would have hated it more if Blake Bortles would have beat Tom Brady to go to the Super Bowl. That's why that Miles Jack play didn't count. Conspiracy theorist, Pat. Hey, I'm just being honest. This wasn't as blatant. This was just a bad team that just couldn't couldn't maintain. That defense kind of stinks. I'm just going to be honest. Texans defense is not good. Want to know, I believe the matchup they least would have liked to see would be like Tennessee and Green Bay. So do you mean of the teams that are left? Yeah, like how would you sell Tennessee? Oh my God! They yeah, like how would you no, sell no, Tennessee? No, no, no way. San Francisco and Tennessee. Jimmy G throws the ball nineteen times. Fucking Tannehill throws it fourteen times. How boring would that Super Bowl be, bro? I think it would be Tennessee and Green Bay only from a sales standpoint. Like, how are you marketing that? Like, how? Like, how are you? How are you marketing San Francisco and Tennessee? In Tennessee? Hey, how are you marketing anybody with Tennessee? It's not like they have Eddie George and Steve McNair. If fucking Derrick Henry, who no one was talking about. Maybe you sell it from the run game standpoint. Oh, you get an old-fashioned Super Bowl. 
It's nineteen. Right. It's nineteen sixty-two, and you have two fullbacks running the ball. Yeah, <laughs> just they need to run a fucking wing tee. Let's just point. pray that the Chiefs beat the fucking Titans. That's all we gotta say about that. Is it will be a very boring. Unless, watch. I say that Tane Hill's gonna come out and like look like fucking Dan Marino. Nah, I don't think that's gonna happen. I definitely believe the Chiefs are winning that. Got them I winning think the, the Chiefs thing. are winning that too. I'm sure you do. I think you have enough common sense here. See, but then I also was like, oh, yeah, the Ravens are going to beat the Titans. That's yeah, the Cinderella story's over. You would have said the same thing. I have common sense. Yeah. So I don't want to. Uh, Derrick Henry's proving everybody wrong, so I don't want to be. Book it. Chiefs over everything. I, all right. I won't disagree with you there. And it's going to be an arrow. I told you, I'm going down with the ship however it goes down. Even on the NFC side. Pack, go Pack, go. I'm from Wisconsin this week. Go Bucks. I normally root for the Wisconsin teams if my team's not in it. I was rooting for the Brewers because I don't give a shit about the Pirates. Wow. But... When I was a kid, I loved Steve uh, Steve Young. And but you're despicable for rooting for the Brewers. I just want you to know that. Why am I despicable? You root for the Brewers? It's not like it's the Cincinnati Reds. It doesn't matter. It, it's who it is. You know what? I'm not about to do this with you. Why? I'm, I'm not, I'm no, not we're hashing this. this out right now. Why? We're not hashing this out. You don't root for anybody inside of that Central. What is wrong with They've you? They've never won the World Series. Quit smoking crack on the weekends, young man. Uh, I thought you didn't care about baseball, man. Why do you care who I root for then? You, you know what? You're right. You Say, just yeah. reminded me. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm off yeah. that narcotic. Yeah, remember that around April. Yeah. We around March, March 25th, this dude will be geeking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will. We all will. Told you I'm done with them. It's the poison I of the season. I can't coach with them, can't play with them. I want winners. You, you understand me? <laughs> That's what we got then. Winners. winners. There's a bunch of wieners on the field for the Pirates. They stink. They stink. I'm not. Well, I'm rooting for the Brewers to beat them every time they come to town now. Well, go ahead. And, and Derek Shelton, that was his speech. I want wieners. That's and that's what he got. A bunch of L7 So, so why don't you go get you a Ryan Braun jersey and go get you a, a fake piss test kit. No, I'm going to get a... C.C. Sabathia jersey. C.C. People forget he played for the Brewers for he a little did. bit. And he was like... The man. Impeccable. That's how he, I'm pretty sure he had a sub one ERA. That's how he landed in New York. Well, yeah, because he was just biding his time. New York wasn't winning shit that year. And they said, go ahead. Go get yourself a, a chance. And the Brewers, I think they almost went to the World Series that year. All because of C.C. No, nah, man. I'd get myself a Christian Yelich jersey, bro. But don't play me. What other uh, matchups you believe that the league less like? I went with Packers, Titans, even though we got off subject there. If we could rewind the entire playoffs, what do I think would be? Because that's like now it's there's only like two teams to pick from. I don't know, man. Who who were all the teams? I'd have to go back and look because I can't even I can't even remember the front. I'm not even gonna lie. Um. Let's see. I'm going to pick another wild card team. Because that's... Those bums. The the Eagles and the... Bills. (laughs) 
That would have been awful. It would have been awful. If we're looking at the entirety of the playoffs, that would have been cheeks. Who else? Let me take a look here for the hell of it. Let me just look at the whole field and remember here. I kind of feel Imagine like... Imagine Eagles fans and Bills fans meshing, though. That would have kind of made that Super Bowl worth it. Minnesota, Tennessee probably would have been the worst. Yeah, that would have been pretty awful. That would have been pretty Actually, bad. now I kind of want to take back what I said because the Bills fans and the Eagles fans alone would make that Super Bowl worth watching. Those Bills fans are fucking nuts. And Eagles fans are just the worst. Tailgates and breaking tables would have been at an all-time high. Yeah, there would have been tons of fights. It would have been nuts. So now I kind of wish that would have happened. Oh, man. Yeah. Those are the two worst matchups I could think. Packers, Titans, and Vikings. Titans. Titans. <laughs> the yeah. team that has a chance to go to the Super Bowl against anybody on the other side would be the worst. Well, man. We got the biggest game of the year in college football tonight. The LSU Tigers. Taking on the Clemson Tigers. What was that, your Ed Ogeron? Oh, this is Coach Ed Ogeron, the LSU Tigers. How y'all doing today? Go, go Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go out there. The Tigers is going to beat the Tigers. We're going to make, we're going to go out there and make that. We're going to slap Dabo on the butt. We're going to go out there and we're going to make them boys. We're going to go out there and we're going to cut Trevor Lawrence's hair. Because that's a southern boy. He shouldn't have that long hair. Go Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, you're too skinny. You need to come to the to the real Tigers and come work out in our locker room where we put up real games. Go Tigers. <laughs> Thank you, random ad. But no, for real. Uh, I'm actually really excited to watch this game. Yeah, like we like I was saying, off wax. I feel like this is a game where I think LSU is going to win. I think it's going to be a close one. I don't believe they're going to be like we had last on week's part. Saints blew that. I don't think LSU blows it tonight. I think it's going to be closer than um, – I think they're giving five and a half LSU. Five and a half favorite to LSU. I could see this being like a 31-32 game. No, not 31-32, excuse me. Like uh, 32-35, 36-39. I could see something along those lines. I said 45-42 earlier. I think LSU has faced an offense similar to Clemson's in some ways. And even with a better receiving core in Alabama with Ruggs, Judy, and oh my goodness. What's the other one's name? Smith. And then you throw in Najee Harris and the the $6 trillion. 85 fucking star running backs they have. I believe they've seen an offense similar to what they're going to see tonight. I think Clemson's not faced an offense quite like LSU in that trio of receivers that I believe is just the best group in all. I believe if you take every, if you break down every position group in college football this year, I think that's top to bottom the best group. And I'm talking from running backs, wide receivers, corners, ends, line, you name it. When you break it down positionally, I think that's the best group. And I don't think Clemson has seen something quite like that. Not to mention Thaddeus Moss as well. With uh, my man, what is it, E. Lair Harris? 
or Claude, or what is it, Claude Elair Harris? I'm sorry, I butchered his name. It's like so him. hard to keep track of all the different players in college football, man. It's hard. There's so many different dudes. You'll see different sets with all kinds of different guys and stuff like that. But tonight, I think um, I definitely think that you're right about what you said. LSU has faced elite offenses at several different points of the year. Um, I think Clemson definitely has had the easier route to get there, but we also thought the same thing last year, and we saw what happened. Is this LSU team better than that Bama team last year? Eh. And one thing that could break the back of Clemson is, and don't let this go unnoticed, is Joe Burr's ability to move in the pocket and scramble when necessary. Mm -hmm. The way he – one of the craziest things – that I've come to notice about Joe Burrow is the way that he's able to, even under pressure, step up in the pocket. He's not afraid to take a hit. He's not afraid to scramble out. And that is, with his sheer size and his athleticism, he's a nightmare for a team like Clemson to have to face because he's very much an NFL-style quarterback. And... You can argue two ways, too, but as far as the ability to make those kind of throws with anticipation and stuff like that, I feel like at times Joe Burrow this year has looked better than Tua did this year or last year. So, I mean, you can argue he's played better than Trevor Lawrence and Tua. Yeah, but, but this is a game Trevor where Trevor Lawrence gonna, has been hot. This is a game where we're going to see what Trevor Lawrence is about, man. We're going to see if, if Trevor Lawrence is really as great as he's looked to be. And this is his chance to really prove. And also, I mean, Dabo's already one of the greatest coaches in the game, if not in the history of the game at this point. But we're really going to see the limits of his coaching, too. Because it's this Clemson defense looks a lot different than it did last year. And they're good. good. Clemson's defense good, but you're not about to tell me it's just as good when they had Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkes, and we could keep naming guys on and on. Exactly. So, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Trayvon Mullen. Who else? I mean, I'm trying to think. My goodness. Farrell. Yeah, Colin Farrell. Who else, man? There's tons. You could go. uh, What was the middle linebacker you got drafted in like the third or fourth round? I can't think of his name off the top of my head. They They have so many stars. Coming from Clemson on defense, and I'm sure there's more to come. But um, I look at Clemson offense too, and you know you can't discredit T. Higgins and, and Justin Ross. You got Etn, who we we know how good he is. I I just think it's LSU's year, man. I really believe that. I think this is the Saints blew that, but LSU's bringing this one. Nah, I think not. LSU's gonna win too. I like I said earlier, I I think it's gonna be 45-42. LSU Tigers. Louisiana State. But just as we look back on the divisional round and so far in the playoffs, wild court round was pretty good. Divisional was pretty damn good. And I just sit back and think, and I know later on this week, and I'm thinking about Lamar Jackson right now, and just think about this right here. He's going to have to stew on this loss for a year, like a full 12 months. Obviously, we know the NFL season starts, what, eight months from now, 
Right now, what are we in? J- January, February, yeah. March, April, May, June, July, August. Eight, right? But I think another player in another sport comes to mind when I think of Lamar Jackson and where I believe it draws some kind of parallels is James Harden. We've reached a point with James Harden where this man could average 47-5. and five. And it's like, okay, man, that's cool, man. Like, that's normal. Yep. Yeah, good job for you, man. You get to the foul line a trillion times. We, 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 people most don't particularly like his playing style. Yada yada yada. We all know what we hear about James Harden, and look at Lamar's style of play. He's doing it in an unconventional way, and everyone's waiting to pounce on him because it isn't. He's not winning from the pocket every time he needs to make a crucial play. And I'm not saying people are knocking the quarterback with mobility because that's ridiculous because this is the league we're in now and this is what we're seeing. So that's but the way the whole game is now. I believe him and James Harden have a lot in common because it's all about what they do in the postseason. And we know the postseason struggles of a James Harden, right? Yeah, it's cool. You did that regular season, 47-5. and five, It doesn't matter. Yep. Talk to me in uh, April, May. Right? Let's see if you're playing in June. So I believe him and James Harden, it somewhat have parallels. They struggle in some of the biggest moments when you need them most in the playoffs. And I think that's what he's going to have to steal over for a whole year. And it sucks because we're going to get people that lean so far one way. It's going to be insane. It's going to be as if Lamar Jackson did, didn't show. Didn't have 500 total Right, and, and didn't show progress. Like, we've, like, from year one to year two was awesome. So, anticipate him getting better even more. And also, getting a receiver like we touched on earlier. Somebody that's truly, other than those tight ends. But at the same time, that offense isn't really ideal for a receiver to really want to play in because you're blocking a good 50-60% of the time, you know, and maybe getting seven, eight targets max. You're not getting 10 to 12 or 10 to twelve targets in that offense unless you're Andrews. And that's about it, either one of the tight ends, maybe even a running back. But I believe uh, James Harden and Lamar Jackson definitely have a lot in common as far as how we how we view them because guess what, next year that the, the – 300 yards passion, 100 yards rushing is going to be like, well, he does that all the time. And there's still something special about that. But that's the place I think people are going to take it with Lamar Jackson. Because it's one of those things that will be like routine. It's like, oh, we see this every weekend. And it's silly as hell, to be quite honest with you. Yes, he struggled in the playoffs, and there's definitely a little bit of cause of concern, but at the same time, he's young. And he took two losses – and it wasn't like he didn't play well in the game. He played well, but he had his moments. He had fumbles. He lost them. But to be clear, I don't think there's really anything long-term to be concerned about other than can his body handle the shots he does take. Now, he doesn't take a lot of legs, but he needs to definitely learn to slide more. Time to bring in the baseball players. But my bad, that was just me out here. Send him back to Louisville and teach him how to slide. But uh, anything else, though? The NBA season has been rather entertaining. 
We're on a crash course for Clippers Lakers. I'm sure of this. Luca. All kinds of things have been entertaining about the NBA season. Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler, among other things. He Man, always gives us something. I've just been out here trying to learn about the CFL. I'm going to follow the Canadian Football League this summer. Watch the Grey Cup. Watch the Argonauts and the Rough Riders. Yeah. Saskatchewan. That's actually kind of dope. To go back and look at it, it's kind of dope. So I think I'm going to get into that. So you might hear a little bit about that here in the future. we got the XFL coming up, baby. I'm ready for that, too. Yeah, with all kinds of rules that also. Make it more interesting. Yeah, man. You know, you could have, what, three passes on one play as long as the first pass is behind the line of scrimmage. The uh, no kicker rule and how that breaks down with the points and from what yard line. Man. It's going to be interesting to see how long it lasts. Maybe they'll make it a season. But as always, man, we appreciate everyone tuning in. If you made it this far, you made it through my Ed Ogeron impressions and numerous rants by the both of us. What we a appreciate it. Chad, anything else for the people? No. No. We're going to wrap this one up. We'll see you all next week. Peace.